Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from uh, well, Overcast, Southern California. Yep, another championship. Yep, don't care as much as other places and doesn't seem to matter. The Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> yeah, the ratings are in and and uh, a per household, the ratings were much higher in Detroit for their former quarterback than they were in L.A. for their current quarterback. But uh, welcome to L.A. where we sort of kind of care, but we have big victory parades because we do win championships. I say we just because I live in Southern California, not because I'm a Rams Fan. We got some Sean McVay stuff for you. Rich Ornberger is going to join us. Of course, former offensive uh, lineman in the National Football League. Get his thoughts on the Super Bowl, his thoughts on some of these big topics. Carson Wentz looks like his days are over in Indy. Give you my thoughts on that. Plus, Richard Sherman doesn't believe Matt Stafford's a Hall of Famer as of yet. Chris Sims will join us. Um, we got some more on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Brian Billick's going to join us as well. A lot to get to. So we have a ton of football. Let's begin with basketball because two days after the Super Bowl, we turn our attention to the NBA because there was a blockbuster trade made in the association. Ben Simmons, James Harden. Of course, Simmons came along with Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and some draft picks for James Harden. Here's Ben Simmons on why he wanted out of Philadelphia. A bunch of things that have gone over the years to where I just knew I wasn't myself and I needed to get back in, into that place of you know being myself and, and being happy as a person and taking care of my well-being. It wasn't about the basketball. It wasn't about the money, anything like that. You know, I want to be who I am and, and get back to you know playing basketball at that level and you know being myself. A lot of things had happened over that summer to where I didn't feel like I was getting that help. But it is what it is. You know, I don't have any, wasn't a personal thing towards, you know, any player or, or coach or owners or anything like that. It was about myself, you know, getting to, to a place where, you know, I need to be. Okay. Uh, listen, I, I, I think there is, there has to be a breath taken by so many of us when we, we the knives want to come out because a guy feels like it's not a right fit and he wants to change, right? I, I think the issue is more with, uh, you know, there has to be some accountability, Accountability from Simmons and the fact that he did not work hard enough and could not overcome whatever demons in terms of just shooting the basketball has to be accountability for the Philadelphia 76ers, not fostering an environment that allowed him to shoot a basketball, right? There's, there, it, it does, in fact, work, work both ways. Um, he, he did talk about when he started to struggle mentally in Philadelphia. For me, it was just making sure mentally I was right to get out there and play again. So that's something I've been, you know, dealing with. And it wasn't about the fans or coaches or comments made by anybody. It was just a personal thing for me. That was earlier than that series or, or even that season that I was dealing with, you know, and that organization knew that. So it, it was something that, you know, I, I continue to deal with. And, you know, I'm getting there and getting to the right place to, you know, get back on the floor. Okay. Let's, let's now go to the other side. James Harden is back with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey was his GM in Houston. Now, of course, he's his GM, or he's he's working in the front office in Philadelphia. Here's Harden on why Philly was his first choice. When I was going through everything I was going through, you know, in Houston, uh, Philly was my, you know, my first choice. Uh, it just didn't happen. So detailed, I don't really want to get into, 
you know, the Brooklyn situation. I just knew, you know, for a very long time this is a, a perfect fit. And obviously you got a, a, a big man, the best big man in the league in Joel. And then obviously the coaching, just from top to bottom, it made sense. And I'm just happy and, and, and blessed that I'm here. As Doc and, and everybody knows and everybody wants is, is to win and be the last team standing. So um, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity. Here's, here's James Harden on uh, how Kyrie Irving affected the situation. Is the uncertainty around Kyrie's situation this year, did that play a part in how things developed over the past couple of months for you? Very minimal, honestly. Like, obviously, Kyrie, me and Kyrie are, are really good friends. Uh, you know, whatever he was going through or is still going through, that's his personal preference. Uh, but it definitely did impact the team because originally, you know, obviously, me, Kyrie, and Katie on the court and winning covers up a lot of that stuff. But... It was unfortunate that, you know, we played 16 games out of whatever it was, and it is what it is. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about something today. This is a, this is a real story, okay? So, uh, obviously, we have a partnership with Sleep Number, right? So, Sleep Number Beds, it's, it's, it's interesting. You think, when, when you go into the stores, um, you, everyone thinks they know what kind of bed you want, what kind of feel you want on a mattress like if i was to ask you ramos your mattress at home okay is it firm or is it soft like which 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 is your actual mattress at home yeah i think it's it's not too firm but it's not soft it's like wherever that would be like okay, mid firm yeah. yeah okay uh jay stew are you a firm guy you a soft guy you a plush pillow top guy like where are you i'm more of a firm guy yeah uh so metro what- mattress wise and then pillow i need something in between Okay, so you go in there and you lay on beds and they, they, they check your, your sleep number settings, right? And I, like on a goof, when I first did it, I was like, well, how about 44? That's, that was the number that I wore. And they're like, well, it has to go in fives. And they're, they're like, well, what generally do you like? I was like, well, generally I like, I think I like a firm, firm mattress. So they crank it up to like 85, it goes zero to 100. Crank it up to, and it feels really, really good. And you're like, man, that feels great. And then they show you actual visual of where, based on color coding, where the pressure is. And there's pressure on your low back. They adjusted it, ironically, to 45, or they don't tell you where they adjusted to. And you're like, God, that feels amazing. Like, actually, that's a 45 setting. You think you know what you want, but it's not actually what you need. You know? I end up working my way around to the, I think it's called the I-10, which is like one of those split beds. And it allows you, I snore, so it allows you to kind of make it an anti-snoring thing. There's a zero gravity deal where, I mean, you just you literally feel like you're floating. The point is, I walked in with this thought of, I like something really firm and substantial. And I walked away, honestly, where Ramos sits, which is somewhere kind of in the middle, right? That's where James Harden is. James Harden thought he, I got to get out of Houston. This thing's a sinking ship. This is not what I want. I want to be surrounded by like stars. That's what he thought he needed. Now he's like, actually, I really need a big guy because I don't play much defense and he can defend the rim. I really need another star so that somebody else can make plays. And I really still need to be around Daryl Morey because he kind of gets me and how I play and, and what's needed. Like you, you think you know what you want or what you need, and then suddenly what actually fits kind of presents itself even if it's the opposite of or somewhere kind of in the middle area of what you thought you needed. You know, what you thought you needed. Like for Ben Simmons, I think people thought, 
hey, let's get him a completely fresh start, get him his own franchise, build a team around him. That's the way to do it. Maybe you put him with Portland, with Damian Lillard, and, and s- surround him with dudes. When the truth is, he was already in the NBA playoffs. He does need guys that have a supreme amount of self-confidence. I, I kind of think the fit works better for him in Brooklyn, whereas in Philadelphia, look, if you're struggling with your confidence, Philadelphia is not a city for you. Nope. Playing basketball in that city? Nope. That, that's not a good fit. Because uh-uh. they will eat you alive as they ate Ben Simmons alive. Right? Whereas Harden, they really care. That's what he wants somewhere that cares. Brooke, people think that Brooklyn is New York City. Technically, it's one of the boroughs of New York City. It is not. It, it is not the Knicks. When the Knicks lose eleven games in a row, as the Brooklyn Nets have, it's end of days. Fire everybody. Give me a new coach. Scrap this team out. Now the Knicks have not been good since a hot start to start the season, and they've regressed towards the mean. But they've not lost eleven games in a row, and yet most of the most of the fire everybody, get rid of Tibbs. That's over the Knicks, not the Nets, who have been utterly and completely disappointing. Why? Because Brooklyn is not New York. Do they want do they want to win? Yeah. Are they, is, is the new owner completely invested winning? Have they been put together to win now? Absolutely. But there's not the the fandom. There's not the negative feedback when you don't play well. There's not well, Philadelphia. The crazy psycho fans that when you're struggling mentally with your shot or with your game or with things personally, it 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 feels they feel personally offended when you don't play well. Those guys may have thought they knew what they wanted when, you know, when James Harden left Houston or when Ben Simmons thought he wanted to be on the open market or thought he wanted to be moved. But sometimes what's that uh, Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want. You get what you need. I I, kind of think this is a good trade. Look, I don't know if Harden has the shooting around him to give him the space that he needs. And I do think that he's forever a flawed player because he doesn't play both ends, because he does hold the ball, and he doesn't want to move it, and the defense does lock in. But he's an amazing talent, and so is so is Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, I don't know. I always felt like he should have shot right-handed because he's right-handed in everything in life except for shooting a basketball outside of 15 feet. He had plenty of time to rework it, and we'll see how much he's worked on his game based upon how he plays early on. Just because you haven't been playing doesn't mean you shouldn't have been. You weren't working. Either you've been working, or you haven't. We'll find out. But I was, I was thinking about the the mattress setting thing, and I was like, "What well, well, we all think we want, not what we need." And sometimes what you need, frankly, leaves you like you're floating in a cloud. Yes, Jay Stu. Did I mishear you, Doug, or did you say that you settled on the I ten mattress? I believe it's called the I ten. Yes. Does your mattress like bottleneck at the one at the four hundred five? Um, no, it's I use the carpool lane. L.A. humor. It's L.A. humor. It's very much L.A. humor. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. A lot of talk, obviously, in Super Week about the possibility of guys hanging it up and retiring. Sean McVay's name came up and McVay did the whole, you know, I'm getting married and I want to start a family, which look, anybody who has a family, I, I, I do think it's a, it's a good discussion point because 
we, anyone who has a child knows there's a different relationship between a mother and a, and a child, right? It's a, it's a very unique and hopefully based upon your relationship with your mom, super strong bond, right? Called my mom last night and wished her a happy Valentine's day. She was my first Valentine, right? So, um, I was thinking though, that one of the things that I like about the McVeigh story is that he's like, look, you know, I mean, I want to be around when I have kids and be able to have that relationship. And you know, I've, I've, I've had this discussed lots of people off air, but we will do a thing on television where we, we don't necessarily give the respect to people who are like men who are leaving their families at home to go to work. Broadcasters, athletes, coaches, like it's a lot. Everybody, lots of, we will all want to raise our, I hope, raise our children. But I, I call a little bit of BS on McVeigh because you don't have a kid yet. And if we're completely honest, those first couple of years, it's amazing to be around. But you're not exactly needed, right? Those aren't as much the formative years in terms of what it's you, you need to when it's your time and to be on to be on and give mama a break. But like he ain't married yet. She's not pregnant yet. What are we truly talking about? He's not taking, he's not walking away from a dream job because of a family that he doesn't yet have that eventually he will. And maybe eventually he'll do. Here's what I, I do believe that the talk of walking away is real, but it's real from this standpoint. Tony Romo is making $17 million a year. I don't know what Troy Aikman's going to get if he, Leaves Fox, stays with Fox, and does Amazon. But I'm guessing Troy Aikman's probably like, I call Super Bowls. I've been doing it longer. I'm a three-time Super Bowl champ. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm going to command at more, uh, you know, a dollar more than Romo. And when you're McVay, you're like, wait a second. John Madden walked away early in his career. John Gruden wasn't early in his career, but he became a household name. ESPN still looking for some signature broadcaster, right? Because they can't get Peyton and Eli other than the Manning cast. Amazon's still looking for a signature broadcaster, or maybe it's Fox. Like there are opportunities out there. And so I, I think what you're seeing from McVeigh, I think what you're seeing from Aikman is the same thing you're seeing from Sean Payton, which is Tony Romo's contract changed how everybody looked at broadcasting. Because some of these guys, they don't do it like Peyton hasn't done it because I want to do it my way. I don't want to have to go to production meetings and to, I just I want to do it from my couch or my living room. It is, in fact, a job. And when you've had been when you're a, a professional athlete, you've been told where you're supposed to be pretty much since the time you were 12 years old. Now you get to pick your own spots. You don't want to be told where you're supposed to be. And previously, though, it was fairly lucrative. It, it hadn't been so lucrative that you could walk away from a coaching job or walk away from a playing gig. All that's changed. All that's changed. Byer, what do you, what do you make of the Kyler Murray stuff? We talked a little bit about it yesterday, but if in case you're just joining us, last week, Kyler Murray took down uh, and he stopped following the Arizona Cardinals. 
on both Twitter mm-hmm. and on Instagram, took down any sort of videos and references to the Cardinals. Then it comes out he's unhappy being scapegoated. Then he releases a statement in a video where he's like, look, I just want to play football, blah, blah, blah. But there was no, there was no meat to it. What do you, what do you think of, of, of everything that's going on in Arizona? Yeah, I think that, I think that Kyler Murray is a little thin-skinned. I do, I do believe that that is, is the case. But I also believe that he feels that maybe there should be more uh, – criticism or maybe not as much towards him as there should be maybe on the coaching staff. I felt that this was kind of a Cliff Kingsbury thing, and it may not be fair because Kingsbury's the one who kind of made him the first overall pick in the draft. But to me, uh, Kyler Murray was a different quarterback the second half of the season. He was hurt in the second half of the season, but actually ran more in the second half of the season. Maybe that's a Kyler Murray problem. Maybe that's teams catching up to the to the Cardinals, but it's the second straight year that they have faltered down the stretch after a good start. And I think Murray is like, why am I the one that's taking all the blame when I'm playing hurt? Uh, I felt it was more of maybe a Kingsbury sort of scenario. I do think Kingsbury took a – if he thinks Kingsbury is not taking any sort of heat or pressure – I, I don't think that's the case. They were both awful. Right? Sure. They they both took blame. But it's, it's always interesting to see who believes they're taking more of the heat, more of the blame. Um, all right. Thanks, Dan. We'll check in with you in a second with game time upcoming where we got rank them. That'll be a lot of fun. Let's let's uh, welcome in Rich Warnberger. Of course, he's a former stud offensive lineman in the NFL, co-host of Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio every Sunday, 3 to 6 Eastern time. I want to get to the game, but the Kyler Murray stuff, what's, what's your take on – all that's transpired here over the last week. You know what's interesting about it is, you know, maybe 10 years ago, there would be no way to know there was trouble in paradise, you know, outside of maybe sourced information from agents. You know, social media has changed everything. Social media has made it so that you don't really need necessarily an agent to express your discontent with a team. It could be something as boisterous as blasting a head coach or a general manager in a tweet or an Instagram post, or it could be something as subtle as just taking all of the pictures of you wearing team affiliated gear down, you know, it's just really, I mean, I know, I know you kind of wanted to talk about Kyler and his discontent with how things have gone or who's left holding the bag for some of the disappointing finishes since he's been the starting quarterback, but it really is sort of, it's just a sign of the times, man. This story is so interesting, the way it's playing out publicly. It just shows you how far we've come in such a short amount of time that just simply a quarterback scrubbing his Instagram profile yeah. makes huge waves in our circles. It's, it's, it's a bizarre place, a bizarre place in which we live. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Rich Ornberger is our guest. Let's 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 get to the game. Um, I I think there are parts of that game which haven't been discussed enough. Am I wrong that Tyler Boyd's drop was a big one, especially considering he had no drops all year? It's third, and and granted, there was no guarantee he was going to get a first down, but that seems to always happen. Big drop when a guy gets caught peeking, and then of course they give up the the game what became the game winning touchdown next play. What's that like on the field when somebody who is uh, normally so efficient suddenly is inefficient? Yeah, th- those are, man, individually, those are plays that guys will have a harder time with. You know, everybody, everybody sees, you know, the big end-of-game moment, and those are the ones that are sticky 
in the mind's eye of the public. But I promise you, there's probably there's probably like seven or eight guys who are going to walk away from that game and are going to have a play or two that's absolutely going to haunt them for years. You know, if not their entire career, even for the rest of their life. And I'm not overstating that. I mean, there are still plays in my career where in retrospect, I mean, I'll wake up in a cold sweat from a, a sound sleep, you know, wishing that I had done things a little bit differently. You know, it's just, it's true what you just said, the boy drop, you know, the, the Eli Apple um, defensive efforts at different times. I mean, you, you could go through a list, like I said, of like seven or eight plays where guys were just a little bit out of position or it was a matter of keeping your eye on the ball a second longer to secure the catch before whatever it may be. It's just it's, it's insane how every single football game comes down to those moments. And there are plenty when you get into the film room, which often the losing team, the winning team, never really goes and reviews the Super Bowl film because – there's not a great deal of value in that. Everything's going to be different when you return to work the next year. But I promise you, a lot of these players are spending some alone time in these facilities looking at things they could have done better, and that's definitely one of those plays. Rich Hornberger joining us. Um, why the two different types of officiating? It, it did feel, from a non-player's perspective, it did feel like they weren't calling anything and then all of a sudden, they kind of felt like they called everything with the exception of a false start. I'm not a Bengals fan or a Bengals apologist, I, but there was a ton of contact the whole game, and they only called at the end of the game. As a former player, what's your feel for it? I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, it's not just confusing as a fan or frustrating from the standpoint of, you know, whatever fans on, you know, whoever feels like they lost the battle of the whistle. Um, but when, when I was playing, I had a motto. I'm going to do business the way business is being done. So if you're going to let me get away with, you know, holding the heck out of defensive linemen, well, guess what I'm going to be doing the entire game? Because there's, you could call a hold on every single play in the NFL. They don't unless there's clear, um, you know, co- clear evidence that you've impeded the pass rusher's path to the quarterback or the tackler's uh, progression toward the play. You know, but there are some referees who don't call that. And as an offensive lineman, you're very thankful when those referees are officiating your games. But when you have something so inconsistent, where it's really the tale of two halves in terms of how a game is called, it's mixed messages, man. It's, it's very difficult to get comfortable playing the game uh, one way, and then all of a sudden, whether it be over the course of you know, a single quarter or a half, having to get used to a completely different level of scrutiny. I, I agree with you, Doug. I feel like the, the, that's the one thing that players always want. If you're going to throw a lot of flags, at least be consistent. Throw them for both teams. If you're going to throw no flags, that's fine. Be consistent. Throw them for no team. But if you're going to throw a bunch of flags in one half, you're going to send a mixed message to the, the entirety of the football field, not one team or the other. And, and that's the problem I had with it is the inconsistency. Who would you vote for MVP? Okay, so <laughs> I've been banging this drum for a while. I, I think they got it right in the regular season. I like the Aaron Rodgers MVP. I think it makes sense. I think especially since we got to view a game against, you know, the Packers against the Chiefs where we got to see what that team looked like without their starting quarterback. 
And with Jordan Love, I mean, they just looked like a completely different team, and the Chiefs won that game. Um, so I think they got it right in the regular season. But I don't think that the MVP award should be voted as just a regular season award. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was not the MVP of the league this year. That's just a ridiculous – it's an indictment. You know, okay, I get it. It's his fourth MVP, but he's won one Super Bowl. You know, I mean, so there have been many – there have been many – Seasons. And I, I, you know, I fail to remember. I'm not, you know, a historian when it comes to this. I'm assuming one of his MVP years was his Super Bowl winning year, but that means that three times he was the NFL MVP, and he wasn't a Super Bowl champion. I, I mean, I'm not saying you have to give it to a guy who's on a Super Bowl champion every time, but there's something not right about that, in my estimation. I, I, I think it's a popularity contest. I think it's spin the wheel of the elite quarterbacks, and chances are you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have your answer, you know, 50% of the time. But the MVP, if you include the postseason, 100% should have been Joe Burrow. That would be my vote. Okay, same question. Super Bowl MVP. I think they got it right, right? I mean, can I can, can, make, can an I make, can I make can I make the I'll make the case for yeah yeah for, yeah, for, yeah go ahead. Uh, the the case I would have for Cooper Cup is as dominant in the second half as Aaron Donald was. And we all know he's a great football player. And when he's healthy, he might be the best player in the sport. That that defensive line is stacked. And we know that the Cincinnati Bengals' weakness is their offensive line. But it's not like he's alone on an island and he's just a one-man wrecking crew, right? They have an outstanding front four and they got help in some reserves as well. Whereas... The, the Rams could not run the football. They're Robert Woods out. Odell Beckham Jr. out. Tyler Higby out. Where else are they going to go? Literally, he had, to, <laughs> he had to, he was the only guy. And as much as you go like, well, Stafford had to find him and he had the no-look pass, like, okay. But everyone knows they're going to one guy. He gets the big first down on the, on the jet sweep slash end around, whatever. He makes every possible catch. He took that bell ringing and then got up and, and two plays later catches the game-winning score. Like, I, I, this is not me telling you that Aaron Donald's play wasn't incredibly impactful, but Cooper Cup had to kind of have that last drive all on his own. Buddy, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I, I think they got it right. I mean, it's, uh, you said it all, and you said it perfectly. If you're going to make an argument for Aaron Donald, it's not going to fall on deaf ears because I could see the value of that argument because, like you said, they do have kind of a wrecking crew as a defensive line. But part of the reason why is because they have the best player, arguably, who's ever played the defensive line position. I mean, can you name offhand a defensive tackle who has dominated the league over the course of his career like Aaron Donald? I can. You know, so when you have a guy like that and he draws so much attention, it makes your other pieces look so much better. But, yeah, back to Cooper Cup. Like I said, I think they got it right for all the reasons you just mentioned. And, and on the biggest stage, when you are going to have the biggest target, when you're dealing with other players down and, and really the focus and the spotlight being solely on you, and you still produce, I mean, how the heck did he have near 100 yards in that game and as many catches as he had? It just doesn't make sense. He should be a marked man. You saw what happened all postseason long, all regular season long. Nobody could stop him. Cooper Cup is one of those once-in-a-lifetime players on a team with a couple of once-in-a-lifetime players. The Rams are absolutely stacked to the rafters with talent. 
So I don't know what next year looks like, but if there is a good starter kit for a repeat Super Bowl champion, the Rams, they might be that starter kit. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting, pretty phenomenal. Um, do you believe Aaron Donald would walk away? I don't think so. I don't think so because I think Von Miller put it the best after that game. Uh, winning Super Bowls is addictive. You know, he got that one with the general his final season. You know, Peyton Manning walking off into the sunset after the Super Bowl victory in Denver. And he hasn't gotten to come really close to that since. And so the trade, you know, albeit sort of, you know, a surprise to him, he got an opportunity to play with this this team of all-stars and got to do it all over again. And you saw what it was like after the, the, the game, for, for especially for Von Miller, who I think is closer to retirement than maybe Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy was speechless. He was sobbing. Aaron Donald got his first. I don't feel like it's going to be his last. There's a lot more football in those legs, and I hope for all of us that he continues playing because during his era of pure dominance at one of the most difficult positions on the football field to truly shine at the defensive tackle spot, he's a difference maker. And I think Tom Brady as the GOAT overshadowing virtually every other great player during his time in the league with him stepping away, and if he stays retired, I think there's going to be a lot of more respect paid to how dominant Aaron Donald is as long as he can stay healthy. Rich Oenberger, who does a great job. Check him out Sundays on Fox Sports Radio, 3 to 6 Eastern time. Rich, you're the best. Really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Doug, as always. Always insightful, always delightful. Rich Oenberger joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'll tell you what top my top three teams in the Eastern Conference is. Coming up next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Da 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 Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Beyer, what do you got? Doug, the game on this Tuesday is... Rank them. All right. So let's uh, let's try to put this Super Bowl kind of in our rearview mirror, but still uh, another question to ask. Doug, rank your three favorite performances from the halftime show. Who has the top spot? Who makes the medal stand? Who gets left out? Top three performances... From each individual during that halftime show, um, I would say uh, the bronze medal is going to be Dr. Dre. Um, he did work over to the piano, which was fine. He uh, he rapped a lot more than I thought he would, which is good. It's not what he's known for. He's a good rapper, but he's uh, also a great producer. Uh, I thought Dr. Dre is three. I thought Mary J. Blige is two. Um, and and the, 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 the logic with the Mary J. Blige is not just how she sang, and how she, but it's the difference in how it felt. Everything else was kind of rap and hip-hop, and hers, she, she worked in soul, R&B, pop, etc., along with it. Um, 
don't know. I thought her outfit was awesome. I thought everything was great. She was a bronze. And then Stoops won. Stoops won. You know? Uno. Right? I mean, like, look, it worked that, if you know about Snoop, it worked that it was, the Rams were in it, that they were blue, and he was wearing blue. <laughs> but he, he, he rocked a little gold with the, with the blue, even though he's a noted Raiders guy. Plus, he's just cooler than anybody can possibly be. Snoop's one, Mary J two, Doctor J three. All right, uh, gold silver bronze. Rank your top three teams that will come out of the Eastern Conference in the NBA. We heard from Ben Simmons today. We heard from James Harden. Uh, none of those teams, by the way, in the, top, in the top three. Top three, right? Yes, as, at as, this as, point, at this at this juncture, that's right. Wouldn't be prudent at this. Okay, so. Um, I'm going to put the Miami Heat at my, uh, so, so the pool I'm looking at, right, is the Heat. I mean, I think the Bulls are crushing it right now, although um, uh, Zach Levine's knee gives me a little bit of pause. But I do think in terms of coming out of the East, I would do the, uh, the Sixers at three, the Nets at two, and the Heat at one. The Cavs are a great turnaround story. Uh, the Bulls are even better, especially considering the Bulls over-under win total was 43. And I never give picks on NBA over-unders, but that one was just screaming to me. Right, Took the over on that, took the under on the Lakers. Both are going to hit for you if you bet futures. But I, and I think I'll put the Heat at one. One, because they've been to the NBA Finals before. Two, they're phenomenal defensively. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're top-end is is what the Nets and the Sixers are, but they have a lot less work to do to get there. No Bucks in there? Come on. All right. Oh. Yeah. No. Not yet. No. They're awesome right now, though. Rank your top three schools in college basketball right now, Doug. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put uh, Gonzaga at three. All right, good. So Gonzaga, the Zigs are uh, are my number three team. I know somebody just laid down a whole bunch of money on them to, to win the title. The, the odds are actually still kind of decent for them to win a title. Uh, Zags at three. I'm going to put Auburn at two and Kentucky at Ooh. one. BBN, Big Blue Nation, you hear that? Doug Gottlieb has you at numero uno. Roger that. All right, here we are in February, 28 days of pure splendor. Doug, rank your f- uh, three favorite months. Not sports months, or mm-hmm. but that can be a part of the equation. But do you like you know February because it's so short? You rather have a maybe a thirty-one day month. Maybe there's favorite months. Top three. Uh, September is three uh, because you have the end and the beginning of all those sports. Plus the weather is perfect just about everywhere. There's no one to go. Hey September, right? If it's you pick the place, and everyone would say September's a good weather month. Um, March is two March madness. My son was born then. Uh, also if you're into baseball, usually not this year, pitchers and catchers, etc. And baseball season starts, but March madness is amazing. And number one, October, October, meaningful football, uh, the beginning of NBA basketball and October is, is the best with baseball. I'm going to go October. At that number one. All right, Doug, you can kick your feet up because the final question is posed for one John Ramos, whose wife Suzanne has a birthday today. John, rank your three favorite things about Suzanne. 
Uh, well, number three would be uh, just her companionship. Companionship. Yeah. Number right. two would be her humor. She is quite funny. She just doesn't show it to everybody else, just to me. And number one would be uh, she's a great mother. She is a wonderful mother to our three children. So I would say her motherhood would be my number one uh, okay. favorite thing about All Suzanne. Right. Yeah. Those are the things that Suzanne told you that you should say are the, should be the favorite things about Suzanne. Now let's do your rankings on Suzanne, your favorite things about Suzanne. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Suzanne, <laughs> by the way. No, those would be them. I, yeah. I, I know. He's, he's teasing okay, John. Okay, good. <laughs> that was close. Uh-oh. John, did you know they took the word gullible out of the dictionary? <laughs> I was really thinking of three more. I'm like, there are three more, right? Oh. Uh, That's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. There's uh, there's a whew, there's a bunch of good college hoops games tonight. Oh, OU Texas, Virginia Providence, Kentucky Tennessee, Wisconsin Indiana. Some good games tonight. I have some picks for you. Try and work some of those in later in the show. We'll definitely work them on on social media as well. All right, coming up next, let's get back to the NFL where there's a decision that's been made in Indy regarding their quarterback position. And I think it's fascinating to see when things go wrong, when was the moment they went wrong, and is it are they fixable? Are these fixable issues? Well, Indy has made their determination. Give you my thoughts on whatever that decision is and how it affects it. Plus, we got some Richard Sherman news. Chris Sims will join us. You'll hear from Brady Quinn. What the Colts decided at quarterback and why it's the wrong move. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.